is Bam Pal Comic Hour with our host, Andrew Glonner. And Chris Ramos. With featured guest, Josh Wilson. <laughs> All right. And we are here with the writer of Twilight Custard. Josh, thanks for coming on to Bam Pal Comic Hour. Uh, this is our first virtual interview, and we're excited to have you on. That's amazing. I can't thank you guys enough uh, for one, having me on. And then two, um, when you guys reviewed the book, um, just all the nice things that you had to say. I was just thrilled listening to that um, discussion about the book. And I just can't thank you guys enough for taking the time to, you know, talk oh, to me and read my book Heck and yeah. talk about it and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. That's yeah, it was amazing. great. So Josh sent us the, um, it was like a Google document of all of the pages. <laughs> so we, we read it as a like a raw format, you know. Yeah. And uh, it actually, for us, um, was pretty neat to kind of see, um, I guess, how it how the layout flows into the book in general without having to leaf through an actual book. And we've all read digital comics, but, mm-hmm. you know, some of the newer digital comics are uh, like panel by panel, you know, which I usually turn off. I always like to have like full page, full page. Um, because it really makes a difference when you're telling the story to see to see the page as it's meant to be laid out is kind of how i always felt is the way to do it Um, instead of jumping from like text bubble to text bubble yeah i totally agree with that yeah because i actually i just got an ipad like this week and so the comic that we're talking (laughs) about today the novel is the very first digital comic i've ever really read like that uh, okay. And I agree, like the full page is, is I think the way to go, you know, every once in a while I'll do the panel to panel just because my eyes don't, you know, read small print as well as they used to, but, right. <laughs> but, but overall, you know, you just don't get the full effect of like turning that page and seeing those bigger images and how it's supposed to be laid out. So I totally agree with that. Sure. And I guess to follow up with that, uh, how surreal was it when you actually got to like hold a physical copy in your hand? How did that make you feel? Incredible. Really, really incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I, I had kind of psyched myself up for the moment of like getting all these boxes and taking it out and stuff too, but actually like holding in the hand and looking at it and feeling the, you know, the pages and the ink and stuff was really, really awesome. Um, cool. And it turned out quite a bit different um, as far as the colors are concerned. Cause you know, this is the first book that I've ever brought to print. You know, I, I'm a writer in a lot of different ways, um, screenplays and things like that. And then I moved to comics just digitally. And then this is my first like actual printed book. And so to, to know the difference of how, you know, the, the RGB and CMYK and all those different uh, color profiles and how they are different from digital. And then you have to get ready for the specific printers and the different types of printers is all new to me and very confusing. And so to work with the colors and even just that simple blue that I have, you know, it's black, white, and blue. I thought as simple as you could right. make it, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you still had to tweak that quite a bit to get it the way you want it to look on the yeah, pop. Uh, yeah. page. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Josh, I'm interested in kind of where this brainchild started. I mean, everyone always has that story of, you know, you've had it knocking around in your brain for years but when did this really kind of start turn into um a a reality that this this is something you're going to push all the way to completion yeah um it's it's kind of an interesting story um so uh, the name came first and it came from like a a random band name generator that you can find online Yeah, and it uh, it spit out uh, Twilight Custard and the Busted Deadly, which was the entire uh, title at first. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to use this for a band name, but I absolutely <laughs> love it. And I have to use it for something. So this was like probably 2008 when I was still like in rock bands and stuff. And we'd actually we turned it into a song that had nothing to do with the plot of this story. Oh, my God. 
and then That's eventually great. i know i wish i still had a copy of it but um when <laughs> <laughs> um, i transitioned from uh to do screenplays it was the very first script that i wrote um and then um, when I started to think about comics, which was around the time of COVID, because I, I first wanted to get into film and stuff, and I did a short film, but just the amount of people that you need in one room, the collaboration, it just wasn't possible after COVID. Right. So, uh, kind of sure. sitting alone uh, in my house and like, how can I write and then make something of the things that I wrote, write? And so I turned to comics and Twilight Custard was, again, the first thing that I, that I ran to, because I just always loved one the name and then the story that i kind of spun i love picking apart just getting a little morsel of something and then pulling a story out of it is kind of my generally my favorite way to go about doing things like that so cool. um it all it all came from that name <laughs> wow from a random name January. that's that's beautiful <laughs> i love it <laughs> well you know when you get the idea too right away that um i don't want to say that it's like a slow build but you get the idea that you're you're walking into this other time period and you're, you know, with any story or any movie or TV show, you're always like, all right, is this Earth? Okay, cool, it is. Okay, is this, you know, where's, okay, it's Texas. Okay, and you just started yeah. kind of piecing it together. And I like that it wasn't just sort of thrown at you all at once. And you kind of, you know, you have, I always say um, that you look at pages of a book as real estate. You know, you look at, mm. you know, um, shelving as real estate. You look at, you know, bookstores, bookstores look at all of their bookshelves as real estate and they can only put so many things on that shelf. Yeah. So a lot of bookstores, if you're going to take a, uh, you know, a book like Stephen King, you can have like three copies of that, or you can take another book and you can have 10 copies in the same amount of shelf space. So it's like, where do you put that? So, you know, for me, um, each page in a comic is real estate. You have to think of like, what do I need to show and what I, what do I not need to show, you know, and is it going to yeah. slow down the story? So, so were you a big part of like laying out the pages or once you passed it on to the artist, I'm sure that there was a collaboration that kind of flowed Definitely. from there. Yeah. And I, I learned so much as opposed to like some of the first digital comics I did was just me sitting down and, and plotting out the script. But for this, I had a movie script and then I, and I turned it into a comic script and so like okay. pulling pulling apart where you see you know, you're seeing the pages and you're getting more details than you need and, and like you said like looking at it it's like what needs to be shown and how does it need to be shown and so um William the artist um did a lot of like the arrangements of the panels and he actually I had very few notes once I gave him the script but the script is very detailed in fact of like this is what I exactly what I want on panel one this is exactly what I want on panel two like even to the point of like a film script of like saying tight shot medium shot and i just kind of explained okay. exactly what i yeah. wanted him to draw and there's you know he's he's a really great artist i was so lucky to find him and um he just can i ask how you guys connected beautifully yeah absolutely uh we met on reddit actually so oh, <laughs> yeah it's a yeah i was place. just searching on <laughs> yeah it really is searching on, on uh, message boards and then looking through people's um art and seeing what i thought would fit and just i knew right away when i saw his like kind of hand-drawn sort of like mm -hmm. really rustic yeah. looking art i was like man this is perfect sure yeah yeah his art definitely um lent it lent well to the story you know I, I think if it was too bright or splashy or really really tight or refined or something you wouldn't really get that like flow you know um i yeah. I, I always kind of look at like a period pieces like if there's something that's set in like roman times or you know uh in this in this era you know western era um that it 
it almost has to have a little bit of a grainy quality just because I think that's just how our brains kind of see it, you know, like. Sure. Puts you in that time period. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that's what I wanted to do with like the, uh, the credits pages and the extra pages and make it kind of look like uh, printed on a, on a, on a bad printer, basically, you know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) to talk, to, to illustrate kind of how uh, great William was at interpreting my words into the art. Um, just a, an interesting aside that you might not know is like he is actually from Indonesia. He lives in Indonesia. He's an Indonesian man. Wow. And so the furthest you would expect to write about the old West in America and to know how to, uh, to, you know, draw those images to mind. And he just like it perfectly interpreted him. And it's just like, huh. I don't know, it, it just feels like so, so Texas and so Western and stuff. And it's just yeah. like things that he is not close to and didn't grow up around and, and doesn't have heritage and it's just very interesting to me too. right i guess that's the power of like pop culture and western yeah. films stuff like exactly. that it just once you see it you, and you see a lot of it you kind of build that imagery in your head for sure and i guess that's the same uh, kind of idea we have too we didn't live during that time but we see all that uh, pop culture as well so you're right yeah. yeah but we could also even if one of us lived in in texas or new mexico or arizona we we might be able to still see or sort of see the foliage or just parts of it landscape wise mm-hmm. um that's you know a pretty amazing point because there isn't any part in the book where you kind of get thrown out of that era you know you always you're sticking in it even the the buildings and um the way that they handle their horses and mm-hmm. like their hats and things i thought was really nice i mean and the way they uh, spoke yeah for yeah sure. you and pick up on all dialogue that. or even like when they're in going into um like there's a, a soldier base that they kind of have to infiltrate, you know, mm-hmm. and, and even just walking through and around the corners and like the little pub that's in there. Oh, it's, it's probably not called a pub, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, it, it was at no point you were you thrown out of it saying, Oh, well, this looks like a modern pharmacy or this looks like, you know, it was really well done. Very nice. I appreciate that. We, we went on to a lot of, um, um, great deal of length of like discussions about that. Like I would send him, um, pictures as like in, uh, inspiration and then we would also uh draw up little maps especially of that fort at the end i would like kind of draw up a map and like this is where i see this room and this room and this room and so you know when he's turning the oh, corners that's cool. and so yeah so he didn't have to really uh, put too much thought into it he could just draw it oh all right and then i guess my next question is what drew you to the i guess bring sci-fi to western like uh genre what what drew you to that yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was just the name and just what I put ah. in those words. Honestly, <laughs> okay. yeah, I, mean, right. I don't have. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't. I like westerns, but I'm not like you know in love with them. They're not my favorite genre. I love sci-fi for sure, uh, and I love um, the idea of AI and, and androids. And so that's definitely something that I like to write about. Sure, stuff, uh, you know, I was. Uh, <laughs> I was definitely reading the description of the book once I had seen it, and I was like. Oh, we call that an automaton and not an android. Whoops. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think I that like, totally whatever. works. I think that totally yeah. works, yeah. Because <laughs> it's yeah, not like Andrew a super... Yeah, was stuck on that. Yeah, it's not super <laughs> was... uh, sophisticated um, android. It's very like uh, a simplified automaton. And that's just, I uh, just, name stuck with me. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, I think that's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, if, you know, the automaton part two is like, you never really hear of like an evil automaton you know like androids i guess you can give or take or you know sure. some sort of you know evil evil android but 
Yeah. It's interesting. I, and I don't know the exact like definitions, but to me, like an Android there's, I guess there's different Androids. Like you would consider the, uh, the robots from star Wars to be Androids. Right. I mean, those are different yeah. droids. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then also like an Android character would be like data from star Trek where they're more human realistic. Right. Yeah, 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 that's what I definitely Terminator. drew a to. Yeah. Terminator, yeah, that's like Terminator, a, absolutely, that's an yeah. Android, yeah. And then maybe yeah. an automaton is like, they've got less like cognitive abilities. They're not thinking for themselves. They're more of like sure. a machine, you know, maybe, I don't know. And uh, we were talking about in our review, the Iron Giant, and uh, that's what drew me to, when I see that, I was like, that's the Iron Giant. That's like reminiscent I, of that. Yeah. I definitely grew up watching that. I love that movie for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really cool. I was like, that's it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, awesome. you know, a big part of the story, too, was like, it, to me, the ability to say that, you know, you've jumped into the comic book realm and you've jumped in the comic book um, sort of stanza where you've got, you know, you flip the page and there's a reveal and then there's, mm. you know, break this down and there's another obstacle to kind of uh, overcome. And then you flip the page and something else, you know, and it's like you're building and building. Um you know, that's part of just sort of working your way through a comic and just seeing, you know, what what else could be thrown at your heroes, you know, what what mm -hmm. other obstacle can get in their way or, or are they going back to the beginning and trying to, you know, overcome their own uh, um, character flaws, I guess is a good way to say it. But I think, you know, for this one, um, you kind of always had this feeling that it wasn't going to turn into, you know, a massive... Uh, you know, world war or something. It was very mm. grounded. It was like, this is this man's issue and this automaton's quest, you know, and you like, were like, you were in it with them, you know, and you weren't really ever exposed to like, oh, this is a worldwide calamity or something like that. You know, sometimes I think comics like to jump into that, um, you know, I always pick on Andrew because he likes the the cosmic, you know, the, <laughs> yeah, cosmic, like, or you know, yeah. like a planet, entire like, planets are not yeah, exploding. Then it's like yeah, you know, the stakes not big are enough. huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not big enough. Uh, yeah, with this, I'm more yeah, with of a ground based this, hero, so I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, and there's a little bit of both. Like, I definitely wanted to keep it grounded. And I wanted to be a character study first and foremost. You know, um, and there is a little bit of an underlying. Like, if we don't do this, the robot keeps saying that, like, you know, the history of yeah. the, the planet of the universe could be affected. You know, but right. I, and you're right though. At the core, it is it is about Twilight. And in Twilight's mind, he does not care about any of that stuff. He's only out for like, you know one more morsel of happiness in his old age of after he lost his wife of like, you know, if you can yeah. show me this, I'll do whatever you want me to do basically. But otherwise I, I don't give a shit about the other stuff. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and he wasn't acting out of character either, you know, right. so you, you want to set that up and, and you always want to set up boundaries with your characters to say, you know, this person is, is a, a, a passive, you know, nonviolent person. And then you don't want like three pages later that they're just ultra violent. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's a good progression to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We have that problem with Batman sometimes. Like, does he kill people <laughs> or does he not kill people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bat, you get like four pages in, it's like Batman snapped, you know? And like, yeah. Yeah. And that's bad. a universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, comics are crazy. Um, so I guess. Um, do you do you plan on like doing any spinoffs to this world or anything like that, or is it just one shot and move on to another story? Um, what's your That's thoughts on that? Next. That's a good question. Um, 
So I definitely wanted it to be a standalone story first and foremost, um, because even if you have ideas for future, I hate when it ends and you know it's only because there's going to be another one, unless it's going to be a series. Sure. Like if you're writing like, you know, a number of issues and that makes sense, like a trade, I think is what they call it. But uh, mm -hmm. this I wanted to be a standalone novel. Um, okay. And again, it was a film first and foremost. So I would absolutely, in my dream of dreams, it will become a movie someday. And then I <laughs> do have an idea for a second and third, but it does get much, much bigger and maybe more ridiculous. And I can share it with you the, the vague idea. Basically, the second one would be that alien race coming to the to Earth and having sort of a Western Independence Day sort of thing. Um, and then I think that would be a lot of fun. And then the third one, I would like uh, twi uh, Twilight to go to that planet kind of a fish out of water. Oh, so I love this that would be cool. I like story, that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting more and more comic booky as it goes along for sure. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you wouldn't want to also say that, like you said, this isn't the end. This is, you know, sort of you um, getting a small glimpse of what could be. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think we all sort of fell in love with the characters. Uh, even the Android for me was like, <laughs> you know it just grew on you right away oh you yeah could see the type of personality it was you know that makes um, me happy to hear you say that thank you yeah yeah, yeah. The, it, and, and it, you picked up on their personality right away so then you were like okay i understand him and then you start you know picking your favorites and yeah. uh um it was definitely centered around them and and not some sort of rogue band of of uh vigilantes um sometimes yeah. <laughs> sometimes they, they'll overshadow something you know but no it was sure. uh it was excellent and um it was something that andrew and i right when we were reading it you know we were like texting each other back and forth like mm -hmm. i'm halfway through and he's like i'm i'm burning through this you know like, <laughs> yeah so, i benched it I so, benched sometimes we have these like marathons <laughs> where we're like i just read for eight hours today um, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it depends I on what you're in. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, you know, this being my first graphic novel, I wasn't sure on the length, but I think it is a good, like, if you want to sit down and read it all in one sitting, you absolutely can, or you can parse it out. But I think it's a pretty uh, decent length as, as far as somebody, oh, yeah. you know, you're picking up a book of a writer, you don't know how much time are you willing to invest into it, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we do like to, um, you know, when we started uh, Bam Pow Comic Hour, the idea was to number one, um, hit on all the classics to just sort of introduce people who want to be comic book readers and just don't know where to start or how mm -hmm. um because that's always been sort of like the bigger issue is you know hey i'm you know uh, 20 years old never read a comic in my life where do i start and everyone's like well you know you start from 1939 yeah um, you get the other so <laughs> <laughs> well you start here and then you work your way yeah. <laughs> you start in all the golden age stuff so we yeah. said all right we're gonna pick out the ones that you know to us are um pivotal and exciting and that just started leading us even even for me it led me away from my favorite characters into uh indie comics into um, self-published comics into, um, you know, picking up hardcover collected editions. You know, that was the idea too, is just to say, this is the best way to collect these comics. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it kind of, you know, eventually led us to you, um, which is a really exciting way to say we started off. What was the first one we did? Um, amazing. Amazing Spider-Man. Spider right? oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're like, all right, here's the idea that they, they have a collected hardcover, beautiful edition of amazing Spider-Man with mm. a thousand pages. 
Wow. And uh, yeah, we read the know, whole thing <laughs> yeah, from, from the 60s. And, yeah. uh, and, and then, you know, you, you start from there and then you start traveling and, and going through and just wherever, you know, we're, we're in a couple groups that are excited about comics. And, you know, um, like we had said before, they kind of bounce ideas off each other. Like, hey, I just read this and you might not know me but I really loved it and you should try it. And, you know, mm. sometimes that's all it takes, you know, yeah. that's sometimes it's just someone out there that has read comics says I've been reading comics for 30 years and this was pretty cool. So, you know, <laughs> that's the way to do right. it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a good point. I mean, um, there's a lot of gatekeeping there. There always is in everything, every fandom, but uh, you're right. You're, you're not going to say, Hey, read 50 years worth of comics before you can enjoy anything new or independent. Cause that's, that's missing out a lot of stuff too. So, Picking apart the the best of each era is, is a really great way of doing it. So that's a, that was a smart idea for sure. Heck yeah! yeah. And uh, I can see too behind cool. the books behind you. Is it is it true that you're Chris? You're more uh, DC, and Andrew, you're more Marvel, or is that just w- what the backdrop is showing? Oh, oh man! There's like right, another bookshelf or something. I mean, yeah. I started honestly as I've kind of collected more and read more and things like that. I started out very Marvel and now mm-hmm. I'm kind of more into DC. Like I love Marvel characters, but I love DC stories more. Cool. Yeah. I can and say they just got called out. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I just noticed the difference between the two of you. And I think that probably makes for some interesting conversation too. Um, How dare oh, yeah. you make us shake sides? How dare you? <laughs> uh, so for me, I started reading, um, Batman was my first run ever when I was 10 years old. Um, most because that's when the Michael Keaton, yeah, that's when the, um, (laughs) Michael Keaton Batman came out was I was 10 years old and, uh, I had seen some comics and I went and saw the movie and I was like, okay, Batman's the guy, you know? And so, um, I've always read Batman. So I've been reading Batman for 30 years and then, um, as far as collected editions, like getting into nice collected editions, at first they really only had a lot of Marvel stuff, you know, like mm. the first runs were Marvel. And then DC said, we better figure it out. And so they started coming out with some really nice runs too. So it, it not necessarily has become a battle between the two, you know, industry giants, but it is kind of cool to get, you know, a run of Amazing Spider-Man because you'll never get those in actual single issues. Right. Yep. Um, you know all of them and uh (laughs) unless you're super devoted and (laughs) same with batman same with you know some of the old supermans green lanterns but um no the angle i have the screen is uh is pointed towards my sort of dc (laughs) spot (laughs) spot over there and then Uh, you can be on the camera yeah (laughs) like you you don't see the other room here (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) and then uh as we're kind of wrapping this up, I also wanted to ask you what yeah. our guess is ghost pod publishing your creation or how did you like start that or um, yeah. where did that come from? It definitely is. Yeah. And it was just to publish and print this book. And so um, okay. you know, we'll see, we'll see what it turns into. I mean, the, the, the hope for this book is to <clears throat> do everything myself and to try to gain some sort of fan base and get people who like no comics to like my story and to know who I am. So hopefully the second or maybe even third book, I don't have to do absolutely every step of the way myself. So we'll see. Cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Um, how did you like start that? 
I guess for like new people out there who are like, oh, I want to put out my own comic or things like that. Or can you talk about that process a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it, it comes down to the logistics of a lot of it. I mean, like having a, a, a publishing company, quote unquote, uh, is better than doing it under your name for a lot of different reasons. I mean, one, it looks more professional, but two, it covers you legally if you have like even a sole proprietorship. Um, yeah. For rights and things like that and and for people contacting you it's not just like hey this book was written by josh wilson and printed by josh wilson it, it seems like it you know uh, it's got more backing behind it when it's an actual sure. organization kind of thing you know yeah because when you just google it off the bat before your book got released it was like ghost pod publishing oh i don't know what that is google says so it's like <laughs> oh now i can put it in i can go oh, now it's twilight custard uh ghost pod i love it yeah <laughs> so i was like yeah. hey it's there it's real <laughs> it's well, awesome. it opens you up to like you said uh other people coming into your publishing company right like That'd building their yeah. own stories and you know eventually kind of building your own empire right yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> the long game i'm like Fuck. exactly <laughs> yeah. gotta throw a bunch of different lures out you know and see which one catches the biggest fish i guess <laughs> or anything well, josh you have to tell all our listeners too how can they get a copy of the book Yes, absolutely. So I am slowly putting it into comic shops uh, around the country. Starting now, there's it's in two shops in Denver, uh, and I'm working with possibly getting into uh, two of them in Chicago, hopefully. Uh, and then I'm just going to kind of grassroots call shops that people reach out to me about or that I find in different cities and get into there. Um, but the best way to do it right now um, is to go to twilightcustard.com. That goes directly to me. I hand ship every single one of them. So that's if you want the book, that's the best way to do it. And I saw on that uh, twilightcuster.com that there is a there's a pin, a yeah. pin that you can also get, right? Yes, excellent. <laughs> it's <laughs> we'll adorable. Let, we'll it's let everyone go to this, yeah, yeah. this website to see the pin. That's what that's what you gotta you gotta go there and see what it is. We're not gonna tell you what it is. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> All right. And I think uh, this will wrap up uh, part one of our two-part uh, conversation with Josh Wilson, the writer of Twilight Custard. Stay tuned for part two. All right. Thanks for joining us.